Welcome to the AJP podcast, a podcast for pharmacists by pharmacists, where we discuss current events, relevant topics and emerging issues. I'm your host, Carly McMoore, and together with the AJP, I'm bringing you the opinions and expertise of different pharmacists to discuss their views and insights on topics relevant to pharmacists. Please like and rate each episode and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss an episode. I would like to introduce Anna Barwick. I had the pleasure of having a discussion with Anna Barwick to discuss her career, her mentors, her insights, her suggestions for other people looking to start their career or develop their career. It was a fantastic opportunity as she continues to inspire us all. So my name is Anna Barwick and I'm a clinical pharmacist. I'm also an academic at the University of New England, teaching into the pharmacy program in the School of Rural Medicine. Uh, I do I have a number of other hats as well. So um, I do consultancy work uh, to do HMRs and RMMRs. I've also recently uh, qualified as a diabetes educator. I'm also an immunizer, an asthma educator, um, but also a founder of Farm Online, which is the first pharmacist-led telehealth service in Australia. Thank you. So um, I guess as pharmacists, we still kind of niche ourselves into a few different areas. There's still community, hospital, and then if you go a little bit further, you'll be thinking academic and industry, but there's still um, people don't always see outside of outside of these opportunities. Now you have with Farm Online. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about what motivated you to do it, um, some of the resources that you utilize to put it together and how it's all going. Yeah, so I agree and completely agree. I think what people need to remember is pharmacist skills are so transferable to so many industries. And I think it's really important that we don't have blinkers on when it comes to job opportunities, opportunities to have impact. I think we, we tend to do that or maybe we're taught to do that or we internalise that somehow. Um, but it's really interesting, um, you know, with a number of platforms when I'm speaking to other founders and other uh, business owners, they're going, oh, well, you could do that because that's what you do already. And, and it might be something like, you know, um, influencing behaviour change, for example. I mean, that's a huge thing um, in business that's really wanted. And we do that every day as pharmacists because we're influencing people to take their medication and, and adhere to medication or to make changes in their life um, that, you know, hopefully can make a really big difference to their healthcare. Um, but yeah, for me, I suppose Farm Online came about, um, it was, it happened quite strangely actually. I was heading down to the gym um, from my work here at UNE and I'd noticed a banner on one of the buildings that was talking about the UNE Smart Region Incubator. And I, after I'd gone and, and had done a workout, I came back and I kind of was trying to search what that was <laughs> because it was completely foreign to me and discovered that this was uh, a place that, um, yeah, kind of, I suppose, supported and encouraged people with business ideas to pitch them and to grow them and to, you know, scale them, um, particularly in regional areas. So I reached out and I was kind of a bit tentative because I was like, oh, I don't know, you know, how this is going to go. And um, the person in the role of connector actually said, oh, you'd have great ideas, you know, because you're a researcher as well as a pharmacist and there's so much, you know, opportunity for healthcare. And I said, actually, I do have an idea. And she said, okay, well, come, come, you know, come and pitch it and talk about it. And yeah, I think I'd been sitting on Farm Online for a while, not knowing exactly what it was or what I wanted it to be. But it came about when I was breastfeeding um, my first child. And 
you know, I think a lot of pharmacists know this experience when you're a first-time parent, you freak out about everything. <laughs> you're looking out for signs and symptoms of everything uh, because of your training. And sometimes I think that's a bad thing. Um, but yeah, I noticed she had a rash and I thought, oh, you know, I wonder where I can look this up. And, you know, it's 3am and I'm breastfeeding and I'm tired and I'm looking it up and, and, you know, obviously all the worst things come out when you Google something like that, that, you know, oh, she's got meningococcal and she's going to die. And, and I thought, imagine all the people that are doing this with no training, no background, they might lack, um, you know, some health literacy and they're going to believe this. And I thought there has to be something that we can do as pharmacists to fill that gap. And that was really what I pitched uh, to the UNE SRI or the Smart Region Incubator. And uh, they were really keen and really positive about that. And I actually then also talked to um, some colleagues um, in the pharmacy world because I thought, oh, and I was a bit reluctant because I thought, oh, am I giving my idea away or, you know, will it be beneficial? And, and it's it's been completely beneficial. So I've reached out to a number of um, amazing pharmacists and mentors that have helped me along the way just to ask about, is this being done? Why isn't it being done? How can it be done? And um, yeah, I suppose also along the journey, and this was back in early 2020 when the first COVID um, lockdown started to hit and we became aware of COVID-19. Um, and since then, I've uh, connected with a number of um, incubators and startup organisations that have continued to support me uh, as I've grown and built this business. And I've uh, organised formal mentors and keep asking everyone and anyone who will um, provide suggestions or advice about, you know, what Farm Online can do. And I think it's an ever evolving business because as new opportunities come up, we can, um, we're able to adapt, which is really good. Being a startup, there's that opportunity to kind of adapt information and um, you know, come up with new ideas or new um, services that we can offer. So, yeah, I suppose that's, you know, a long-winded answer to your question. <laughs> well, because I spoke to you before and asked you to share some of your insights on the Farm Online for the FIP, which was fantastic. Thank you. And so this is the first time that I've had a chance to follow up with you and see how is it going now, like a, a few months on. Yeah, well, that's right. And I, yeah, that was, feels like it could have been a lifetime ago because I think we, we all feel like that because of COVID. But um, yeah, going really well. So we've actually got a number of contracts with some organisations uh, to offer medication reviews via telehealth. Um, and we're also building, um, uh, you know, and applying for grants to um, offer, basically offer um, after-hours pharmacist service. So being able to offer advice um, and advocacy and support for people in their homes. So um, doing that, we're also building um, specific clinics for groups of people. So um, we've got a business or a, or a a <clears throat> clinic called Sugar Baby Clinics, which is helping to support women that have just been diagnosed with gestational diabetes to find their tribe, find a group of other women um, that are also dealing with that, um, and also giving them appropriate um, uh, answers to their questions when they ask them. So getting them off, you know, family forums and um, Facebook pages where perhaps the information isn't evidence-based or may not be um, individually appropriate for them. So looking at that, um, and I've also got a few other pharmacists on board as well that are, will also be offering neurodiversity clinics. So for parents uh, that have children that have been diagnosed um, with 
ASD, ADHD, a whole range of um, yeah neurodiverse conditions. So, um, and still looking for more. So I'm looking for um, specialists, pharmacists that have a particular interest, um, and particularly around supporting new parents or young parents or people with young children that they're caring for, because I just think it's such a a time of um, concern and anxiety. And I think pharmacists have a really great role in actually helping to alleviate that and, and help people to navigate the health system to get the best outcomes they can. So um, are you are you meeting the needs of your local community? Is it, or is it wider than No, that? so it's Australia-wide. So we actually offer it so that um, anyone in Australia can um, come on and come into these clinics um, and they're obviously via telehealth uh, and also have consultations online when it suits them as well. Brilliant. So on top of that, you've also managed to release a book. Yes. <laughs> Oh well, I was just an. I was only. I only did a chapter. I didn't do the whole book. So you did a chapter. I did a chapter. Yes. So yeah. So with the chapter, with Farm Online, and you got your scholarship for the rural business women. Is that um, is that what you got your scholarship for for local businesses as a? Yep, that's right. So yeah, I've had a few um, little yeah scholarships and opportunities um, that have come out of Farm Online. So yeah. And you've reinvested those into Farm Online? Correct. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So if someone was looking at you and they were thinking that you're definitely like a trailblazer, leading the way and doing some great things, what advice might you have for someone that has great ideas, maybe doesn't have the connections, maybe doesn't know how to start off? What advice might you have for someone? Yeah, look, I don't feel like I'm a trailblazer and it's really nice when people say things like that because I kind of go, what? (laughs) No, that's not what's happening here. I think for me, the only advice I would say, and and it's what I tell anyone, I've got, um, I mentor a few younger women and and they're often not in pharmacy. They're often in, you know, various roles or just kind of coming out of school. And I always say to them that, when you succeed, it's because you you do little bits of things every day. You don't, you, you know, it's impossible to kind of, you know, achieve something really big without doing lots of little steps to actually get there in the first place. So um, a lot of the time what happens, um, and particularly in business, is that people have great ideas, but they don't necessarily act on it or they don't, you know, they, they don't um, keep working on it. They kind of go, I have an idea and then they might get to the first hurdle and it might be, you know, getting some funding and that doesn't work. And then they go, oh, well, it mustn't be good enough. There's no point going ahead. Um, whereas I think I'm very comfortable with failure. <laughs> I fail every single day. Um, I make mistakes every single day. Um, but what I really enjoy is reflecting on that and using that to learn so that hopefully I don't make that same mistake again and that that then informs you know what I'm going to do going forward Um, so yeah I think it's important just to kind of keep your eye on a big goal but also try and break that down and think about what you need to do to achieve that I think that's quite important and I think a lot of people look at a, a big end goal but they may not necessarily consider all the steps that need to be taken to actually achieve that and that you've got to be consistent all the time keep working at things um to to achieve what you want to 
So here's the other side, the work-life balance bit that people keep talking about. How do you manage to balance everything well, yeah, all of your hats. Well, I don't. And I actually don't believe in work-life balance. I think um, I like the term more like work-life integration. And I think I've found that happy medium because what I'm passionate about, I'm doing. And so that becomes my life. It's not necessarily, you know, a lot of what I do, I don't necessarily see as work because it's something that I would do anyway. Um, you know, regardless of being paid, although obviously that's very important. Um, you know, I've, I've found things that um, drive my passion and give me a lot of professional and personal satisfaction. So yeah, for me, it's, you know, knowing when to, um, you know, to say no to things. And there are times that I do have to do that where I go, actually, that's not going to, you know, meet what I need to do to keep progressing in, in all the areas that I'm, you know, kind of um, dabbling in at the moment um, and and taking a break when you're going to take a break. So I have fairly um, strict kind of deadlines for home. Like when I'm at home, I am at home and I am looking after my children and my family and our family farm and all our animals um, because that's what I have time to do. But when I'm at work and the kids are in daycare or at school, um, that's when I work and I have a, a really, um, you know, I have a plan. I have a list of things that I need to um, get through to keep the balls up in the air and, and keep them going. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I try to actively avoid that, um, the, that work-life balance idea because I think it puts too much pressure on people. I think what's important is to find what you're passionate about and make it not feel like work so then it's just part of your life. Oh, look at that. Thank you. So COVID has happened. Yes. And it's changed so many parameters for pharmacists yes. and pharmacies. Mm -hmm. um, and I know you don't directly work in, um, in pharmacy, but I guess I'd ask, have you thought of um, other opportunities that have come up that and or any great ideas that pharmacists have done in the meantime and yeah and any impacts you thought that COVID had? Yeah look I mean for me COVID has forced my hand in a lot of ways to kind of figure out what I want to do and, and what I am passionate about and what drives me. Um, I think for a lot of I mean my husband's a community pharmacist so I often kind of hear the um, back end at the back end of the day, <laughs> you know, the impact it has. And I know it's been huge, you know, um, I, I still, I, and I, I've always thought the community pharmacists are amazing. It's where I started my career. And in fact, I miss it quite a lot. I'd really love to be, um, you know, working in a community pharmacy because I actually love that, um, you know, the interaction that we have with patients and the impact we have on their health care. Um, but obviously, it's just not something I can fit at the moment. But um, yeah, obviously, it's been a huge impact. All of the legislative changes, the ongoing rolling changes around COVID are huge. And I think it's really important that community pharmacists look after their own mental health and, you know, what they want to do. But as I said, I think it helps you to sort the, the wheat from the chaff. You, you figure out very quickly what you want, what you actually want in your life and in your career um, and I think it's going to mean that there will be pharmacists that 
decide that community pharmacy or pharmacy is not for them. And as I said earlier, the skills that they've developed are still transferable in so many industries. So I think it's really important to, to recognise that. And I know there can be negativity around pharmacy too, around remuneration, you know, the level of responsibility that pharmacists have. Um, but as I said, that is so highly valued by employers that aren't necessarily in the pharmacy industry. And I think it's really important that people look, you know, beyond, um, you know, what traditionally we may have done or been exposed to. And um, yeah, I, I just think, as I said, COVID has offered a lot of opportunity, particularly for remote work. Um, and obviously, as Farm Online, that's something that you know, a space I'm moving in. I've got had, I have, I still get um, applications and CVs sent to me every single week for pharmacists that want to be involved in Farm Online. And I have to keep saying, oh, sorry, there's not enough work yet <laughs> to justify, um, you know, you coming on board. But I do keep an eye out, particularly if I've got people with specialist skills or particular interests that I think align really well um, with Farm Online and what we're actually trying to achieve. So, um, yeah, it's really positive to see that. But what that tells me is there is that um, there's unrest. People want to feel fulfilled. They want to use the skills that they've developed in pharmacy and they don't necessarily want to, um, yeah, just be kind of entering data or, you know, spitting out a script. They want to really engage and have connection with their patients and with their communities. And I think we can do that in different ways. It doesn't have to be necessarily out of a bricks and mortar building anymore. We can do that in numerous ways um, and very much connect with um, other health professionals to deliver that and get really great outcomes. Did you always know that you might not follow the traditional path as we describe it? Did you always know you what did you think you might No. <laughs> so when I was at uni, I was I was absolutely set on becoming a pharmacy owner. And yeah, uh, you know, I did work experience in a number of pharmacies and in hospital pharmacy and, um, yeah, I, I never, ever thought I'd end up in academia, that's for sure, even though I had amazing lecturers um, at the university, the rural university that I went to. Um, but, it, yeah, I found, as I said, I think what I have always been very open about is looking for opportunities that I think might suit or will challenge me. I think I really enjoy that. I enjoy... Um, Lifelong learning, I think I've taken that on um, very much to heart because I don't think I've ever stopped studying ever since I've left um, university and I've been out now for about 15 years. So, um, yeah, I think it's looking for opportunities where your skills, you know, you might match a number of the skills on the um you know, on the position requirements, but there might be some that you can learn and gain um, for going into a new role. And I, I'm very, yeah, happy and confident to do that. I, I'm happy to recognise that I don't know everything. Um, and the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. Um, and so I think just, yeah, taking on those opportunities and, and looking outside what you think your, your career path is, is really important because it means that you're adaptable and flexible and a far greater um, team member and benefit to whatever organisation you're working in. I like that. 
Um, yeah, I completely agree. Always, because I think you can wear several hats and utilize your degree in several different ways, as I have too, as you have. Um, and it's just looking outside of the box. Yes. Now that we're looking at the future of pharmacy, I guess, because um, we just sat on the Guild meeting yesterday talking about the vaccinations and the children and the rapid engine tests and all the practicalities of the future. But thinking a little bit further ahead, do you see that, um, what do you see as the future potentials of pharmacy and pharmacists based on current world events kind of changing a lot of perspectives? Yeah, look, I think, again, COVID has been in many ways a very positive thing for pharmacy, for the industry, because I think people are recognising that we are health professionals, first and foremost. You know, we have this skill set that is phenomenal for delivering um, medication and administration of medication, which is all still fairly new for us. And that's really exciting. Um, and I know it's been talked about a lot, um, you know, about potentially us prescribing down the track. And again, you know, it's something that I've been teaching uh, you know, pharmacy students for over 10 years is prescribing is coming. We're already doing it. We already do that as part of, you know, schedule three, um, even schedule two, we are already prescribing. We're just, we need to be able to recognize that and promote that. So again, communities know, policymakers know, the government knows, and so that they can recognize what we can actually offer. But I think when it comes to the future, I think we do need to look overseas and look at what um, pharmacists are doing in other countries. And, and it's exciting to see, you know, in Canada and America, some of the inroads they have made about very much positioning themselves as um, eminent healthcare professionals and equivalent to all of their other, um, you know, multidisciplinary team members, which is so exciting. Um, and as I said, I, yeah, I mean, obviously, I think telehealth is an area that will continue to expand. And I think we'll see, um, we will see digital health. So where we'll be interpreting someone who's using, you know, a smartwatch to monitor their heart rate or blood pressure, or, you know, these things are already in development and already being used. And that's what is quite exciting is that we can actually manage people far better at home. And I think that will continue, you know, as our population gets bigger, it's going to be valued more and more, keeping people out of hospitals and out of high care settings, um, I think will be the ultimate goal. And I think most, um, most people in Australia will be quite happy with that when it's going to be their family members that are able to, you know, live and, and even die at home um, where they're comfortable and safe. And I think that's something we should all aspire to or continue to look for those opportunities um, going forward. So in the um, academic, what have has the course changed in accordance with what's been happening? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And and it's really interesting. So talking to other colleagues at other institutions, it's really exciting. I think, um, and students may not see this, but I think they think we, you know, we're quite stagnant and we don't really, you know, change too much. But there's a lot of work going on in the background about identifying what's valuable, what skills um, and knowledge do our students need to be work ready, to be, um, you know, very helpful and handy pharmacists um, out 
you know, either in, as I said, community hospital or well beyond that. Um, so we're constantly looking at our curriculum and making sure that we're integrating changes that are occurring in practice. Obviously, some of the COVID legislative ones are very hard to keep up with. So I'm very much, um, you know, glued to some of the Facebook pages where um, Peter Guthrie and, and Jared <laughs> um, are active because they are, to me, the gurus <laughs> of what's actually occurring. Um, so, yeah, very much we're, we're making sure that's incorporated. And at, the thing here, you know, at, at my institution at UNE, we've been to, been doing telehealth since 2017. So it far... Um, you know, um, preceded the COVID um, outbreak. And we just recognised it as something that was needed, particularly in rural and regional areas. So um, I'm a rural um, woman, um, you know, have been my entire life. And so I often see some of the limitations that rural people have when it comes to accessing healthcare and some of the um, detrimental um, outcomes that do happen. So, um, you know, offering telehealth and offering people that care at home, um, yeah, is exciting. And as I said, our students have been doing it for many years now. And I remember when we first introduced it, they're like, we don't want to do this. We don't like it. It feels really unnatural. And I think now those ones that went through it early on are going, we're fine with Zoom. We can deal with all of this tech stuff because um, they had been doing it for a number of years. So yeah, and we keep looking for kind of multidisciplinary opportunities um, to work across um, our campus here because we do have medicine and nursing and social work and psychology. Um, so that's really exciting to be able to work closely with them and, and think about, you know, um, ensuring our curriculums align and, and doing things together um, to try and get, you know, that, that multidisciplinary, interdisciplinary team kind of mentality happening before they even graduate. So based on all of this, what do you think the future looks like for Anna? <laughs> yeah, good question. I'm constantly evaluating this because I often think that I probably need to drop a few things that I'm doing, um, but I actually really love what I do. You know, I love my research. I love teaching. I love helping um, patients directly. Um, and so that's probably my biggest challenge is figuring out really what most closely aligns and what, what will work going forward. But to be honest, I'd love to see Farm Online um, become a, a huge um, organisation that employs pharmacists right across the country, is helping Australians, um, you know, with their healthcare. I'd love to see that happen. So that's something that I'd love to focus on. At the moment, it's um, yeah, probably more of a side hustle um, or, you know, my passion project that I do when I can. Um, but I'd love to be able to give it and develop more time. Um, but also align that very much with research and, and actually having an evidence base going forward because one of the reasons and one of the big main reasons that I wanted Farm Online to be successful is to demonstrate that our community actually values our knowledge, not just medication supply. And I think, again, historically, we've been seen as, you know, you know, medication shopkeepers, which I think is completely wrong. Um, and I actually want people to be paying for our knowledge and our advice like they do for all other APRA registered health professionals, not just us taking a cut out of, you know, supplying a, a box of Panadol when it's actually the advice and the education that we provide with that that is valuable. Digital health. You've seen changes in that with COVID. Um, I think, again, I think there's so much opportunity there. And it's really interesting. A lot of people, when they come to Farm Online, they do expect that they're going to get like either a prescription or a product. 
Um, and it's really, again, just that, that perception or, or, you know, what they assume pharmacists do. And so a lot of, a, a lot of what we do is also kind of re-educating pharmacists that, or, or patients that pharmacists don't just do that. Um, but yeah, what we found is, um, we've been able to connect with some other organizations that do have um, doctors online to prescribe things if that's needed. Um, but we actually write a prescription um, for Farm Online. So we actually provide uh, a written document as well as the verbal information we've um, covered during the consultation for patients to take into their local pharmacy. So if we say, look, it's sounding like or it's looking like, this is what the diagnosis is. So we actually make it, you know, make recommendations about treatment, you know, try this. And if that's not working over the, you know, after this many days, okay, you either need to see a doctor or you could then try this. So we actually have that written out so that patients have that as a record. And it means they can take it to their local community pharmacy and a local community pharmacy can go, oh, okay, another pharmacist has evaluated this and already looked at this and obviously we still encourage you know local pharmacists to do their own autonomous check um, uh, you know make sure that they agree with the diagnosis but um, it means that then that patient can quickly and easily get their medication so they may, may not necessarily have to go in they could also ring and have that medication delivered or go online and order and so I think that's quite exciting again for making people um, feel in charge of their health and, and feel like they actually understand it. And I think that is, again, a big part of what Farm Online is about, is about educating uh, and helping patients or people feel confident about, you know, what they're doing and why they're doing it and having that time to talk about it. So, um, look, again, there's I think there's a lot of opportunity and, and if, you know, prescribing becomes a thing, Farm Online is already set up there and ready to go. And, you know, if we can be prescribing and providing an actual prescription, um, you know, that's a really exciting opportunity in the future as well. And, and look, I think it'll come. It's just when um, it will come and, and what that will look like. Um, and obviously we're very much reliant on our professional bodies representing us in a way that that will be done in a manner that is, um, you know, feasible, but also remunerated appropriately. And I think that's really important. Very true. You've been amazing. You've been straight to the point and wow. Yeah. I think you're a results orientated person like me. So yeah, you got straight to the point and very motivational. So thank you. Huge congratulations and huge well done. You're yeah, doing an amazing job. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AJP podcast. If you have any thoughts, comments or suggestions about this episode, please visit the AJP website forum at ajp.com.au and join the conversation. If you have any suggestions for future topics or would like to participate in the podcast, please follow us on Twitter at AJP podcast and send us a message.